Again, my name is Josh. I'm the teaching minister, and all month we're going to help take practical next steps as a church family and as Christians, and here's why. In the world in which we find ourselves, it is easy to believe that to follow Jesus, we kind of have to do a watered-down version or put our following Christ on hold. After all, uh, we have some limitations on us. But the reality is the church and God's mission has never been restricted, even because of a virus, because of a political party, because of persecution, because of anything. And God's heart for his church is that we would consistently take next steps and be active. And this week, well, let me start with this way. Last week, we looked at sort of the first step, which when you don't know God's specific unique will for your life, you can always lean back on God's universal will, what he's called all of us to from Scripture. And so last week, we looked at four passages Four places where God says, this is God's will, this is God's will, this is God's will. And so many of you said that that's been really helpful, especially in a world right now where it's like, I don't know what to do, and yet God says, here's what you can do. And so this week, I want to be very practical with what we're going to talk about. But before I tell you, before I tell you, I need to warn you, you're going to hear what I'm about to say and think, I've heard that before. And your temptation, like me, your temptation will be to say, eh, and unplug. But I'm going to invite you and ask you, please, lean in this morning because I believe what we're going to talk about today may be one of the most important missing ingredients in the lives of all Christ followers today. What is it? Today we're going to talk about the importance of connection and the importance of of friendships. And you go, oh, great. Uh, of course, be a friend, find a friend, go home, right? No, no, no. It's so much more than that. In fact, we know how important friendships are because of our own life experiences. But don't take my word for it. One UC Berkeley uh, scientist made this point. She said, human beings are ultra social species. And our nervous systems, the makeup of our bodies, our nervous systems expect to have others around us. The way you are wired, you are physically expecting other people. Can I get an oh yeah from all my extroverts here today? Can I get a silence from all my introverts? Good job. This is something that we are wired for, that we need one another, we want to be. And here's the reality. Here's how I know this is true. Even for you introverts, you have found over the past four or five months that you've begun to miss simple, normal human interactions. This is why we buck doing certain things and desire to do other things. It's because we miss those connections. We are ultra-social species. In fact, the way God wired us, studies have shown over and over that having other people around us make us physically healthier. You are physically healthier. In fact, there have been numerous studies that have shown that loneliness and greater levels of loneliness lead to, get this now, heart disease and strokes. Literally, being with other people, having deep, meaningful friendships can help make you healthier. But it's not just that. We are able to do more with other people. I love this one study that said, I love this, it would be so fun, try this sometime. They found that people, if they stood just at the bottom of a hill somewhere, if they're standing by themselves, the hill looks bigger. But if someone is standing with them next to the hill, it looks smaller. 
Literally, just having someone with you physically makes big things seem more manageable. Not only that, if you hold someone's hand, studies have shown this, if you hold someone's hand, this reduces the emotional stress to a perceived threat. In fact, if we were not in lockdown, I would tell you, hey, fellas, if you're sitting next to a single good-looking lady, why don't you lower your stress right now? Grab her hand. Of course, for her, she would probably say, no, that's just going to heighten my emotional stress. Don't touch me. I'll kill you. And so, but studies show this is one of the things that God has wired into us that we need and desire to be close to other people. And in fact, long before scientists started to tell us these things, The wisest man who ever lived, a man named Solomon, said this very thing when he wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8, this. He says, this is the case of a man who is all, say this word out loud with me, ready? Alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure Now, here's the reality. This is what we all have been experiencing for the past number of months. You know what it's like. You get up. You do your work. You go to bed. You get up. You do your work. You go to bed. You get up. You what now? Do your work. And then you go to bed. It's like an unending bad case of Groundhog's Day. And after a while, it doesn't matter if you like your job. It doesn't matter if you're making a lot of money. You find yourself saying, yeah, but... Is this all there is? In fact, he says it is also meaningless and depressing. Did you know that since this restriction began back in March, and I know we're coming out of it, thank you, Jesus, I'm so glad we're getting to see each other more, it's great, but did you know that during these months, suicide prevention hotlines have seen a 1,000% increase in the number of calls they've received? Why? We miss each other. We need each other. We are wired for friendships. Now, thankfully, with technology, we're able to bridge some of that gap. Because of technology, you can reconnect with that friend from years and years ago that you haven't seen since seventh grade. Because of technology, you can go to the beach with your friends via Instagram. And because of technology, we're able to be friends with famous people. I mean, you're able to comment on their posts. You're able to, you know, make replies on their posts. You can be their best friend. In fact, you think sometimes you are their best friend. They don't know who you are, but you're buddies. The fact is, though, even with technology and all these other great things, it has been said that we are in the midst of a loneliness pandemic. Did you know that according to surveys, 61% of Americans consider themselves lonely? That's almost two out of every three people say, I feel lonely. And interestingly enough, the younger you are, the greater percentage of people say they're they're lonely. Isn't that interesting? The most technologically advanced among us feel the loneliest. In fact, according to one study, it said that if you are born after 1995, hear this now, if you were born after 1995, you are a part of the loneliest age group possible. But that's not the way God desired or designed things to be. The activated life, this one, this active, full, life-giving, life-fulfilling, life-sustaining, joy-happy, God-honoring life is one full of satisfying, not shallow friendships. 
And so this morning, we're just going to look and listen to Solomon's wisdom, and he's going to show us four things, four characteristics of a satisfying friendship. This comes from these next few verses because he sets out the problem that if you're by yourself, if you live only for your work, if you are focused on possessions and not people, if that's your life, or if you just have not developed, cultivated, or accepted friendships, this is what you have. But he says, I want to give you the, the secret to satisfying deep friendships. And so I just want to walk through these four things. The first thing you need to look for is what we call finish line friends. Finish line friends. This is how he puts it in verse 9. He says this, two people are better off than one for they can help each other, notice this word, succeed, succeed. Two people are better than one because they can spur each other on. They can help each other and encourage one another. These are finish line friends. My son Stephen a few months ago said, dad, I think I'd like to run a 5K. You think you could help me with that? Now, you need to understand that my spiritual gift is sitting still and doing as little as humanly possible. Does anyone, uh, amen, does anyone else have that spiritual gift here this morning? I mean, couch potato is spiritual gift. I, I began running about a year, year and a half ago, not because I want to, but because of necessity. And I kind of got lazy at the beginning of this year. I thought, hey, I've hit where I want to be. I'm sure my body will just stay this way since I've got it here. <laughs> so my boy says, I, would, would I help him? Yeah. It's amazing having a running partner helps you do things you cannot or would not or do not desire to do on your own. In fact, he runs with me a lot of days and uh, he's fast. Pray for this old boy. I do not have young legs. But even on the days when he doesn't run with me, I'm thinking I've got a running companion. I have a finish line friend who is wanting to succeed. You need someone who is running with you who is going the same way, who has your values, who has your goals. Because the reality is, if your finish line is this way and your friends are this way, you cannot run together and still go where you believe God is calling you. You need friends who will run with you, who will not detract or sideline you from where God is calling you to be. You need finish line friends. And I just think about so many of you who have come alongside one another and you are able to spur one another along and you need someone who says, not only you can do it, but we can do it. So number one, he says, you need finish line friends, people who will help you succeed. But number two, he says, you need sticky friends. Everybody say, ooh, sticky friends. That sounds like children to me, doesn't it? You know, you say, oh, uh, sticky friends, can't they just go wash their hands? I don't want a sticky friend. Uh, As one person put it, he said, the only thing worse than a sticky friend is a moist friend. (laughs) We're going to stop right there, though. (laughs) But you need sticky friends. You say, where do you get that from this passage? Well, this is where I get it from. The next verse says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You say, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Everyone in this room and joining us online and every person you ever meet, if they have not, they will one day fall down. You will fall spiritually, you will fall emotionally, you will fall financially, you will fall physically. There will be a moment where you fall down and in that moment you need friends who 
stick with you who do not run from you. This is the kind of friend that you know whatever happens, you are able to call on them and they are there. They're not simply there to tell you what you did wrong. They're there to help you back up. These are the friends who you can call at 1 a.m. It's my friend in college who... I remember I was coming back from a trip and I I gave him a call because my car broke down. I've told you about this. My very first car that I ever bought with my own money. So proud of this little thing. I bought it from a junkyard. Enough said. It was so cheap, it did not have two rear view mirrors. It only had one. And when you drive it, it was so finicky. When you drive it, if you went on the interstate, basically if you went over 45 miles an hour, once you came off the interstate... If you put the brake on, the engine would die, and you could not get it to start again. So I'd have to pop it into neutral and keep gassing it as I had the brake on. I mean, it was, just a, it was a terrible little piece of car, but I, I loved it. So I was driving back from a trip. It's 1 a.m. I am stuck. I call my friend. I said, hey, can you help? He says, absolutely. Where are you? I said, I'm an hour away. He says, well, I'll see you in an hour. I need a sticky friend, and you do as well, because there are going to be days where you fall and you need a friend, and it's in these moments that a casual acquaintance will not do. So he says, look, you need someone who will help you up, who will say, come on, you can do this. This is not the end of your story. This is not the end of the line. God loves you. I love you. You can do it, because the reality is we live in a world where it's easy to unfriend people, isn't it? If it becomes inconvenient, we just say... Unfriend, unfollow. We do it secretly or subtly, but we do this online so much. And it's not just online, but we do this in real life where we will unfriend people because maybe there's a difference of opinion or a rift happens. And so we stop calling, stop inviting, stop spending time, and we begin to pull away. But we need people who, when things fall, they are there. I think about these are the kind of people, the sticky friends are the ones who make the friendship a priority. They're flaky friends, and they're not real friends. You've got priority friends, and these are the ones who say, I'm there no matter what. And I was convicted of it this week, just reminded of the fact that Lindsay and I, we, we fall into this one so often, where we'll make plans, and we want to be with people. We do it two or three weeks out, and then the day comes, and we're just tired. Life's been busy. Something happened the night before. We got something happening the next day, and there's this temptation where we both look at each other and go, maybe we can just wake. We just... And then it hits us, like, why, why would we be flaky to the people we care about the most? And, and every time we then get together with friends, when we're leaving, the first thing we say is, I'm so glad we spent time with them. I'm so glad we did that. We need, and you need, sticky friends. So you need finish line friends, people who are going the same way. You need people who stick with you no matter what happens. But the third characteristic of a satisfying friendship is you need close friends, You need close friends. And this is the way that Solomon puts it. He says, likewise, two people lying close. Everybody say close. Everyone close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? Now, the whole idea here is in the ancient world, you did not have heating and air. So if it got cold at night and if you didn't have enough clothes or enough blankets, you would be chilly so you get close to someone else and they would share their warmth with you let me illustrate this real quick uh, let me invite paul and amy could you guys come up here real quick uh, i feel like we need like the price is right music playing right now either that or jeopardy one or the other but come on up here real quick 
Come stand right here, please. Come right here, yeah. Now, would you all just say hi to Paul and hi, Amy? All right, I've got to be in frame here, I'm being told. Now, Paul and Amy, how long have you two been married? 17 years. 17 years. Uh, good job. You were smart to let her answer. That was so good. Okay, so you guys obviously like each other, relatively speaking, right? Okay, yeah, good, good. So here, uh, Paul, if you'll come step in to the blue line. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, would you just face your wife? Go ahead and face her. And would you just give her a hug? Just, just could you guys hug each other? Thank you. Now, now stay like that. Okay. Can I just get a big ah? Oh, yeah. Now, you can keep hugging, but, but I want you to kind of lean back enough that you can see each other. Go ahead and just kind of look at each other while you... There you go. Now, just stay there. Now... Other than for feeling incredibly awkward, (laughs) when you are this close to someone, it is hard to hide what's really there, isn't it? Hey, look, with makeup or with distance, we all can look pretty good. But when we get close, that's when you begin to see what is real in someone else's life, and they begin to see what is real in your life. The reality is many of us When we begin to get this close to people, we become so uncomfortable with it. We pull away and we rob ourselves of the friendships God has desired and designed for each of us to have. But Solomon says that friends are those who come close enough together that when one is cold, the other one is able to keep warm. But it means that you're going to see the other person for who they really are. These are the friends who don't run away when they really see the stuff. Because here's the thing. He says when one is cold, the other ones can warm them. How many of us have been cold in our lives spiritually? How many of us have ever been cold in our lives emotionally? How many of us have had those days or their moments where we just kind of go, I I don't know how to work through this. I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I'm not even sure that I believe anymore. Do you have anyone that you can go to and that you can be close enough with in this awkward closeness right here where you can say, I'm struggling that you can take off the mask and they can take the mask off themselves and you're able to be real. This is the kind of satisfying friendships that God is calling us to and I love one of my favorite psalms of God when it comes to this is where in Psalm 62, 8 when it says, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. God wants to know you because he does but he wants you to feel safe enough to take the mask off, draw close and tell him how you feel. You need close friends. And, and before I dismiss them, <laughs> let me give you the last one. You need back-to-back friends as well. Back-to-back friends. This is what Solomon says. He says it this way. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand, notice this, back-to-back and conquer. So I'm going to ask you guys, you can unhook, but would you just turn around for me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Back-to-back. Now, here's the reality. You, if you're fighting an enemy, can defend yourself against what you can see, correct? But then the enemy comes up and he sneaks behind you. That familiar temptation sneaks up behind you. That familiar challenge sneaks up behind you. So you can't defend what you can't see. You have a friend, though, who doesn't, it isn't just there to be close, but they know where you are vulnerable. See the back. You're vulnerable in your back. And your friend knows you well enough. Do you have a friend who knows your vulnerabilities and is willing to stand back 
to back to protect your weakness, to be able to defend you against those things that would harm you. This is what he's calling for, that if you don't have a friend like this, you can stand for a time, but you will be defeated. You need someone who will stand back to back with you. But what that means is, is this going to require a level of honesty and openness of saying, this is my weakness, you know it. And then a friend who says, okay, I will fight not just for you, I'll stand with you. I've got your back. This is a friend who calls you and says, how are you doing on your finances? I know you're, you're working to get out of debt, you're doing good things, but how are you doing? How's your spending this week? This is a friend who knows your challenges in your marriage and calls you and says, how are you doing? Are you loving your, li- your wife like Jesus loves you? Are you loving and respecting your husband as you're called to? Are you doing what God has called you to? How's it going? This is the friend who calls you and knows that familiar temptation and says, how are you doing today? And when you say, ah, not so well, that friend will say, I'm with you. Let's pray about it right now. Do you have back to back Friends, this is what it looks like to have satisfying relationships that you have friends like this. Would you give Paul and Amy a round of applause? Thank you, guys. You may go be seated. So here's the question I want to end with this morning, simply this. Do you have these kinds of friendships? Are you a person who can say, yes, I have finish line friends I have sticky friends. I have close friends. I have back-to-back friends. If I have someone who's that kind of friend, man, I have everything. It is a great gift from God. This is what he's calling us into. Now, the fact is, if you have one of those, that's amazing. If you have two, unbelievable. Three, unheard of. But may God give that kind of friendship to each of us. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you say, yeah, I've got it. I'm good. Check. Then I'd ask you this follow-up question. Do you have these kinds of friendships with people who love Jesus, with people who love Jesus. Now, let me be very clear. You do and I do need to have friendships with people who do not yet know Jesus. You say, why? Well, because Jesus had friendships with people who are not yet followers as well. To be a Jesus person means we meet, know, love, and befriend people who do not know Jesus, not because they are projects, but because they are people made in the image of God. And it's not holy to have no Christian or non-Christian friends. That's shallow. But to follow Jesus, you're going to be reaching out and finding people. But listen, listen, for today, what I need you to know is, do you have friends like this who love Jesus, who draw you to Jesus? Around here, we talk about these as your spiritual friendships, the people who love God, pull you towards God, and push you towards Him and say, you follow Him, I love Him, you love Him, let's run together. Do you have these kinds of friendship? These are the kinds of people who do not simply say, I will pray for you, but they stop and they pray with you. Do you have someone who in the middle of a problem doesn't just say, I'm going to pray about this later, but they grab you, they stop right there and say, can we just pray right now? This is the kind of friend who doesn't simply tell you what you want to hear, but will tell you the hard truths. Do you have a friend like that? When all your coworkers are saying, do what you feel. Hey, you need to live your life. That you have a friend who loves you enough to say, Josh, Josh, don't do it. It's, I know you don't want to hear this, but it's going to wreck your life. You do not want to go down that road. Do you have friends who love you enough to tell you the hard truths? Do you have friends who have the Holy Spirit of God in them, who will worship with you, who will talk about Jesus to you, who will encourage you in Jesus, who will carry you to Jesus when you cannot get, him, get to him yourself? 
Do you have these kinds of friendships? And by the way, if you're in a small group, I'm so glad you are. But I I just want to ask you, do these kind of friendships make up your small group? And if they do, praise God, you deepen those friendships. But if you say, I'm not so sure, we have some things in common, but this isn't the thing that we have in common or we're not here yet, or we still kind of have to put on masks, then I would say lean into those areas and you become the kinds of friends that this church needs to be full of. And I love that statistic about if you stand at the foot of a mountain, it looks so big, but if you have a friend with you, it seems smaller. Listen, you don't just need friends who will help the mountain seem smaller. You need friends who love Jesus And they'll tell you when they see the mountain, it's not just smaller, but I know the God who can move the mountain out of the way. See, I don't just want people who make it seem more doable. I need people who will point me to the God who can do all things. This is what you and I desperately need. So here's a question. If you don't have these kind of friendships, how do you develop them? I want to give you four things real fast. Jot these down. Number one, if you want these kinds of friendships but don't have them, number one, be this kind of friend to others. Be this kind of friend to others. Begin to develop these characteristics. Listen, don't be flaky. Be sticky. Be the person who says, I've got a finish line and I want to run the race well. You be the kind of person who says, you tell me who you really are. I'll tell you who I really am and I'm not going to be scared and run away. You be the kind of person that when all things are hard and tough, you say, I've got your back. I'm a back-to-back friend. You be this kind of friend to others. And then number two, pray for it. God made you to want friendships. You tell him what you're desiring and he will give you the desires of your heart. He loves you and he will help you in this. Number three, and I'm just gonna speak frankly here, you need to step out of your comfort zone. You can't expect deep friendships if you aren't doing anything about cultivating deep friendships. If you're not in a small group, I would encourage you, take your next step, get in a group, or explore it. In fact, right there on that little page we showed you where the connect card is, it says, I want more info about a small group. We will connect you, we'll tell you about it. And if you are in a small group, join the small group uh, training that's going to happen in about a week and a half from now online. It's free. You can sign up, be there, be a part of it. It's going to be fantastic. And even if you're not leading a group or even if you're not in a group, you do that. You may meet people within that group who have the same value, the same goal you do, and you may just find your new best friend in that time. I think about this. If you want this, step out and invite someone to church with you and then say, let's go grab lunch together or let's social distance 700,000 feet apart at a table. It'll be great. Invite someone to a social distance coffee. Or if you're joining us at home and you're already meeting with people, maybe your kids are at school, you're already breaking some of the social distancing barriers, why don't you find some people that you trust, that you are comfortable being close with, invite them to have a watch party with you. Be a part of the same time together. If not in person, do Zoom meetings. Some of our groups right now, you are together with other people on your Zoom meeting watching this and then you're going to talk about it. You do this, but step out of your comfort zone. And then the fourth thing I would say is give yourself some time. Deep friendships don't, ta- don't happen overnight. They take time. Give yourself grace, but keep pursuing them. And I just wonder, what would it look like in this church if we became, and I think we have one of the best churches in the world. Okay, I'll, I'll clarify that. I think we have the best church in the world. I love you. I'm so grateful to be a part of this church. But what would it look like if our church did not have one 
lonely person in it? How would that change this church? How would that change this city? How could that change this state if we as a church said no one will be alone? We will not allow it. You come in, you're a part of this. You cannot leave without coming away with friends. This is what God is inviting us into. And so are you ready? Let's look, let's grow, let's cultivate and activate into these deeper relationships.